Dave Rogers' four-year stint at Finn Harps has ended in just under one year. What's gone wrong at Finn Harps? And who can turn things around? The fella in the green and white short. The fella in the green and white short. Keep the good man on the bench. Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast in a week where St. Pat's were in the title race for a whole three days. UCD and Finn Harps are looking for new managers and the girls in green make it two from two in the Nations League. My name is Roy Shanahan and I'm joined by Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. And Nathan, that nil-nil draw between UCD and Shamrock Rovers on Friday night, it must have had you dreaming of the possibility of the first league title in 10 years. I think I said it multiple times, Roy. It's the hope that kills you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one. It seeps into your soul, and I get it. only when you feel like you're out of the game, and you feel like you know what European football is on the cards. We get an excellent win against uh, a port on dark side in Friday night, beating them three-one. Derby City drop points. Shamrock Rovers drop points. Both you did not see coming. All of a sudden, you know, parts of a game in hand. They put that game in hand at three points off Shamrock Rovers. And you said the play Shamrock Rovers in Richmond Park, you're telling me? Oh, this could be an exciting end of the season. <laughs> but now, typical St. Pat's fashion, they pull you in just to break your heart. And uh, they were beaten last night, the night of the court, and here by beating uh, 2-1 at home to uh, draw the United. And just as early, absolutely just as early, we've got a point of view. Drotter were, were much better side in the night. Uh, all credit to Kevin Doherty. And imagine that three points from their point of view keeps them in the Premier Division for another season. Something that a lot of people, myself included, uh, didn't think was going to happen throughout the start of the year. Looked dicey in certain moments throughout the start of the season. Look online, Roy, uh, the reaction coming straight over, and I think it always can be a little bit of a cop when it needs to be. You got a lot of blame put on some referee decisions. Look, I will say in the ninth patch, should have had two penalties, two stonewall penalties not given. Uh, they were down to nine men towards the end of the game too. But again, like I said, that's a bit, bit of an easy, easiest way to, to talk your way over it. I thought on the night, they just did not offer anything whatsoever. The first half, Pats were completely comfortable. I think at one stage, at 70% of their possession really came into it. Uh, went 1-0 down due to a, a sloppy mistake by both Joe Redmond and Dean Linus, two players that you wouldn't expect that out of from the same point of view. But they did turn it around, got the equaliser and... Just never looked like capitalising at all. And the second half, Jota came out, a much better side. Uh, so all credit to them on the day. They just deserved the three points. And unfortunately, from a St. Pat's point of view, selfishly, you'd imagine that's the league push over. I'd say even from a neutral point of view, Roy, you'd imagine that, that's a, an interesting uh, five, that last five games. Title push over, as Shermock Rovers. Well, Nathan, yeah. Go on here, but. When you look at that, exactly what you said at the start there, it made it interesting. Hold on, six points. They win their game in hand, three points. It's going to set it up this for a cracker of a game now, and we've only got a few games left. What can what can go on here? This could be a the biggest turnaround. No one had seen this, and then it just falls flat on its face, and it, it's disappointing. I think for well, I don't know if it's fighting for everyone in the league, but definitely the neutrals. Yeah, no, there's definitely one particular fan base that I'm sure Aaron <laughs> wouldn't find himself the seat uh, on Monday there, pal. But uh, yeah, look, and even from a St. Pat's point of view, you know, um, I think the title, they're going to have to look for a major slip-up from Rovers to let it go at this stage, five games to go. Uh, 
what did he get five points ahead of David City or second place but your pain race Roy, it's not over whatsoever well I was looking at that position. yeah, yeah they're 53 points they also have the FAI Cup route and the Bowers Bowers are sitting in fifth position uh, now as well they also have the FAI Cup but sandwiching between there Roy, you have a Shelburne team in fourth place uh, on 50 points three points off passing towards 10 games unbeaten and you're looking at some of the fixtures on paper Roy, as well they, they, they have the last two games in particular they have a bit better running then same pass as well so pass as well having the Roy in the FA Cup is it out of the possibility you see Shelbourne finishing uh, toward place and then you're, you're leaving Pats and potentially Bowles to fight it out for the FAI Cup and for a European position yeah well listen Shelbourne's next game I believe is Rovers isn't it so that's uh, an interesting yeah. but at the moment the way Shelbourne are playing that's anything's possible there. They've got Dundalk, they've got Derry, UCD and Drogheda. So there is tricky games in there. But for me, that was the first thing that I seen, Nathan. That was that the league table with Shelbourne just sitting in there. And they've kind of got turned a few results around, haven't they? They we it was there was a lot of draws and uh they seem to have kind of sat it out there and you know, picked up the odd win here and there. I think in the last five games they've won three out of five, which is, yeah. which is them turning those draws into wins, you know. And oh god, I, I I can I can see them. Listen, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be impossible for them to finish second in the division now. I know it's only four points behind. Um, it all depends on on those games against Shamrock Rovers and Derry and their big games for them. But it's a huge possibility. And I, I was it was very interesting to hear Damien Duff talk about his squad and saying that there's. There's some people in this squad who are, you know, don't have the mindset to help this club bring out its, I suppose, capabilities and, and bring it to a different level. That was, that that's kind of saying something from, from Damien and the club that they're, they're not settling for, you know, European spots and all next year. They're really wanting to push on. Which if you're a Shelbourne fan, you'd be delighted to hear that, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I was surprised, Roy, when, when I read that because they're not playing and they don't look like a squad that's playing with, with that sort of with this, that sort of attitude within it. Because you know yourself from any sort of level, whether it be grassroots or up, up to the top tier, if you have any sort of complacency within your squad, it tends to root in deep, doesn't it? And it, and it tends to cause real issues on and off the field. And we haven't really seen that from a Shelbourne point of view, but I'm sure they're looking at this year, like, like last year, they came up and they kept themselves in the division. Now they're pushing on this year, uh, fighting to get back to themselves back in the European football, where I, believe, I say Shelburne fans believe that's where they should be, given the club's history domestically mm-hmm. and in the European uh, standards as well. But because of the new financial situation and the new ownership situation, they will be looking at battling it out with the Shamrock Rovers, the Dairies and the St. Pats, uh, that do have strong ownership that's willing to invest. So, uh, that's all you're hearing from the new ownership of Shelbourne is that, that that's what they're that's the, the name of the game that's the goal while they are looking to help themselves out and make sure the relationship between Shelbourne and Hull City is strong they also they, they want their asset to move on and to get themselves back into European competition because of the financial rewards that come with it and definitely something that they're going to be pushing on to doing so I'm sure any Shelbourne fan listening to what Damon Duff has said He's going to cut that stuff out of the squad, isn't he, Roy? He's going to get rid of anyone that's complacent that, that wants to be here. I think he said, and some players want, are looking for like an easy ride, isn't it? That's an exactly, easy ride yeah. or an easy time. So that's going to be gone straight away. And they're going to be looking to bring the lads in. And that, that can't just 
play football, but it seems to be a major mentality shift here with the club, which I'm sure was new to the years of anybody that goes down to Shelburne Nets. And Nathan, those players and every player in that squad know who exactly he's talking about. They know already yeah. there for the heave-ho. So it's going to be very interesting to see what sort of personalities he's going to bring in next year. And um, we'll be talking about, because there's going to be that added uh, Galway United situation in the league next year where they're bringing that first, first uh, full-time football into the league and, you know, they've got that back in as well. But we'll talk about them in a little while. But firstly, we want to talk about Finn Harps and Dave Rogers four year contract to try and develop something at Finn Harps and with under a year he's gone Nathan what can you summarise from all of this yeah it's, it's, it was a one that I think at the time when we seen the four year deal boy, I'm sure if we go back and, and listen to the show we done when that was announced we were very surprised and we weren't the only ones that were very surprised hearing that uh, Finn Hart's manager was coming in on a four year contract mm. and as you said not even a season into that so you wonder even from Finn Hart's point of view is, is there a payout involved there too because that won't be cheap if, um, if, that, if that's involved with the departure as well and not only that we talked a lot at the start of the season throughout the season that the word process has been used a lot up in Bally Buffet this, this season in terms of trust the process and the process is the started with a completely fresh slate at the start of the season obviously Ali Hogg was there for such a long time so there was, there was a complete shift in everything in, in management in style of play in personnel around the club so I think that that didn't take time to bed in and that was seen in Dave Rogers' recruitment he brought a lot of younger lads in a lot of lads from outside of the league as well put them on multi-year contracts Again, something I was surprised to see from a club that dropped down uh, directly from the Premier Division to the Fourth Division that doesn't have a full-time structure. So again, there could be concerns there of how that financial is going to work out in the long term going forward. But what we did see, and I think just something just to point out to anybody listening in, it has not been good enough from uh, if in half point of view, results-wise, performance-wise. This is a club that was sitting, sitting in ninth position, second last in the Fourth Division on 30 points. They're 16 points off the playoff and they've been winless in the last eight league games. So if you look at that base on its own, it, 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 it wouldn't surprise you to see a manager leaving the club. But the four-year contracts, I, 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 I never thought he was going to see out the full four years right up in Fina Park. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I never imagined that was going to happen. Even if there was huge success from Dave Ward, I thought he would have moved on after a couple of years, but not this quickly. But what I was wanted to get to is even... Is the fact that it says that he was stepped away from for family and personal reasons? There could be a little bit of did he jump before he was pushed out the door? I'm not too sure. I don't know if anyone does follow Dave uh, on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it these days. He does talk a lot about his own son. Uh, he does suffer with autism, so you don't know what's going on behind the scenes in that point of view. So I'm sure everybody listening in wishes wish him the best uh, from a family aspect. But from just reading out what I said there, on the stats over the past uh, eight games or so, or even throughout the course of the season, it, it, it's really been ultimately very disappointed from a Finn Hart point of view because I think a lot of people expect them to either immediately come up or at least be in around that playoff south point to give themselves a chance to get back to the top tier of Irish football. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think, to tell you the truth, I don't. The, the club media said due to personal and family reasons that I have decided to step down as manager of Finn Harps. I would be very, very surprised 
if he was being edged out of the club um, and not get <laughs> not get a payment, if you know what I mean. So I, I have a feeling that it may be, maybe, maybe the results, maybe the way it was going, you know, if things were going better, then it might be a little bit easier. Um, you know, home life sometimes can can get on top of you. So if everything's going rosy at a football club, it might make it easier at home. Uh, obviously, vice versa, if, if things aren't going well at all, which they weren't, then, you know, you might think, listen, do I need that kind of hassle and stress uh, when I have maybe, you know, a bit of stress at home myself? Um, so, yeah, I, listen, we 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 thought he was going to be a great fit up up there. Um, we thought that he'd do a really good job. We're, we were delighted that he got a four-year contract because it, it was good yeah. to see that they were willing to, you know, give someone a chance to develop something, to build something, to create something, because it was needed. It was something different. You know, Ollie Horgan was there for a good while and, and they've been, they were running out of gas with that uh, situation. So it was, it was interesting to see that they were willing to go and change direction completely and, and try and, you know, change how they play football, bring different personnel in, you know, maybe even, I, I don't know, but maybe even try and develop more players up there uh, to bring true the team but unfortunately for Dave it hasn't worked out so who do we think would be a good option to go in and step in there do we think that they get a four year contract I'm glad you put you brought up a certain uh, Mr Horgan because that's obviously a name that's going to be banded about a lot isn't it when, when you're saying this name's coming out I and it's something that I've seen certain Finn Harris fans even bring up what I just said I think it's, it's probably rolls into the glasses a little bit when I'm talking about that I think they will look back and remember how stale it did get under Ollie uh, throughout the last stages of his tenure. And well, if you are Ollie Horgan, you're in the Premier Division now as an assistant manager of Galway at a, a, a strong club that will be looking to keep themselves. I'm working on top of Galway uh, more in a minute, but just to push them quickly, yeah, they'll want to keep themselves in the Premier Division, Roy, won't they? Oh, and they're playing good football, Nathan. They're, they're playing really good playing football. Good football. The, the financial backing there with the club. So it, it's a much more stronger um proposition then Ollie Horgan going to Finn Harp where they could be in the doldrums of the fourth division for a, for a number of years to come. So I think we can rule him out, Nathan. I think we can totally yeah, rule him out because I, 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 I can't see, first of all, why they would bring him back because they look to change direction. They look to ch- do things differently. Um, it would be madness to go back again because, as I said, I just thought it ran out of, it ran out of gas a bit and his purpose and the job, great job that he did there some things just come to an end and I just think that was an end and I think he's probably enjoying his stint there at Galway and how could you not as I said if you're in something that's really positive and, and going well you know why would you jump then when you get a chance in the in the Premier Division so I think we can rule Ali out who do we rule yeah. in? Yeah it's a strange one isn't it you go with that bit of experience it's so- possibly like, like an older head on the league or they continue to go with a younger coach. Like you have someone up there in Roy in the system, uh, Kevin McHugh, he played for Finn Harrison's playing career, playing for the Derry City. So in and around the league a lot, and he's, he's probably one of the most famous sportsmen who come out with Donegal from people that, that live up in Donegal. And he's in Finn Harrison now at the moment, I think he's the academy director, who has a role within the club. He's fingered in the pulse of all the underage systems. So I, th- I think it's, if that's the route you're going to go down, I think you have a pair of uh, candidates sitting within your club as it is. Uh, but it all depends. I think someone like Jim McGuinness would have been a major shoot 
couple of months ago, but he's gone back now into the GA side of things to Donegal. So that's something that another person going to rule out. Uh, but yeah, it, it's difficult to see. And even the, like the managers that are available now, you know, the Tim Clancy's of the world, Ian Morris, it, it's a difficult prospect to sort of pitch to someone if they have been in around full-time football for the past couple of years to make the move up to Bally Buffet that don't offer that and you're sort of t- you're taking a bit of a, back- a backward step in their career going to the fourth division especially like I said at a club that might not have prospects of next year or two of finding their way back to the top tier of Irish football Do you think that it may be someone who comes in from left field that hasn't been in within the League of Ireland circles as in not necessarily someone from England or Scotland or something like that but maybe a player who has gone now and done his coaching badges has retired and hasn't been in the manager circle in the League of Ireland is that something where they should start to look now? It's worked out hasn't it right over the past couple of years like you, know, you look at the Stephen Bradley's of the world you look at Rory Higgins look at Stephen O'Donnell as well it has worked out in the league over the past couple of years and I think it's time to sort of get away from that and think oh well, they don't have much experience but it, it, it's a league that seems to allow younger managers to come in and thrive and I know if you're a Finn Harf fan you might want a bit of a more experienced head to come in and spend the ship but I think people forget like there was a meeting right at the start of the year up at Finn Harps and they were talking about a number of different things talking about the new stadium talking about the plans to going forward and I remember people raving about listening to the day of speaking and speaking about his passion and his ideas and it ultimately didn't work out I don't know if he wanted to call it was he just all talk and couldn't back it up or was it different things he couldn't implement within the club well I, I think a lot of people get excited don't they when it is a fresh face coming in with fresh ideas Whether I, I think I mentioned Stephen Rice for nearly every first of his <laughs> job that comes up but again a young coach that knows the league has retired has went on and done his badges and has been successful in the underage coaching world and could now be ready to step up into a position where he's like this. I, from a personal point of view, I'd find that more exciting than bringing back someone that's been the cycle around the League of Ireland for the last decade or so. Okay, let's add one and one and make two, maybe, or possibly three. It depends. You tell me. UCD were relegated and Andy Myler has departed. Um, would that be someone who... And could it that can coincide? Because they're not very far off, both of them stepping away from their jobs. Would he be someone that would be looked at as as favourable for that position? He'd be looked at favourable, Roy, but I can't see it happening. And the only reason why is uh, it's heavily known that Andy walks within the campus on campus in UCD has a full time role there. Uh, that was one of the reasons why he, he found that balance so easy to literally leave his office, walk in his office into, into the training pitch of UCD. So it, that's maybe the reason why he's departing his manager role uh, because of working commitments. So I think for him to now go into a role, especially uh, whether that be full time or part time, I know Harps doesn't probably wouldn't give him the full time option. Um, but because of the travel distance that would be required, uh, it's not something what I could see happening from Andy Moyler. Uh, I, I wouldn't put him into the race now at all. Okay, one and one equals three. So, what about yeah. UCD? Yeah. What about UCD? Because you you put in your notes uh, what went wrong and what does the run in look like for the rest of the of the division uh, for the rest of the season even. 
I look at it, I think nothing has gone wrong. I think this is just classic UCD. This is this is the way it rolls with UCD. You get a strong team, you get promoted, they come up, they may last the season, have a couple of players picked off, then the following season have players picked off again and they get relegated. It seems like a natural process for UCD and it's like something that really won't change unless there's some sort of uh, billionaire son going to UCD. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it, Roy? Like you're looking at the uh, it's it's such a good program. They had a scholarship program because a lot of young players the opportunity to come in and play football in the league at a really good standard, and then to develop that education and potentially move on with their footballing career. And again, I've seen in the past couple of days now since the relegation that people question what used to be offered to the league. And that's it. That's what they offer to the league. They offer a conveyor belt, a consistent conveyor belt of talent, especially from the 90s during the 2000s, right? The, the wealth of talent that's come through the UCD system is always watering. And, well, not all of them have went on and been successful in terms of going abroad. Not them have been successful internally in the league, winning leagues, winning cups. And for people, that measure of success is huge for their careers. It, it, it's not every footballer's dream to go on and play in League 2 and play in League 1. Some of them are very content staying with their local club and playing domestic football and being being um, successful in that realm. So, well, you have Liam Scales there do, playing his football in the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, you know? yeah, so excellent. it's a great gateway yeah. into football, you know. And, and sometimes there's late developers who 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 work their way through the, the UCD team and into League of Ireland and uh, make a, a, a good living out of the League of Ireland, or as you said, make it to those lower divisions in England. So it is, it's a brilliant gateway, and forever, I hope, UCD are in the League of Ireland. Yeah, well, just look at that Cohen squad now, everybody. Like, like Jack Keeney, Lorcan Healy, Sean Brennan, Adam Wells, Kieran Bean. Like, you can't tell me that these lads aren't going to at least hang around the League of Ireland and have solid careers within the league. Mm. Some of them, the likes of Jack Keeney, could, could now finish up their, their studies and move on and be quite successful because they have, have the attributes to do that. And again, I think that's what's gone, that's what's happened here, isn't it? You had the likes of Dylan Duffy coming in, in uh, signed in 2022, got an offer to move abroad. I think he went, he went off to Lincoln uh, in January 2023. Tommy Lonneran came in. Again, January 2022 was a major part of how they stayed up last year. Obviously, beat Waterford in the uh, relegation promotion final uh, last season. Uh, again, boy, a year later, January 2023, he moved on to full time football to just uh, go to St. Pat's. So you have these lads that aren't necessarily now sticking around for the two, three years. So they're coming in, doing something quickly, getting full time offers elsewhere, and moving on. So yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Andy has necessarily done a bad job here. I think it would have took a lot to for UCD to remain in the Premier Division this season. I think I said it earlier on in the year, I'd say it again, if Andy kept them in the league, even if it was for the promotion and relegation final, he should have got manager of the season. I think that's how difficult of a job that it is. So once we now it's down to William O'Connor, who was uh, more or less assistant manager, he's going to come in, he's going to replace him for the 2024 4th Division season. So you can't really see much change in uh, that respect. They're going to play one. They're going to keep doing what they're doing. They might find themselves back up in the Premier Division in the next three, four seasons. That's that sort of team, aren't they? When you get a good batch of players together, they're sort of in that no-man's land of 
fire to go to the fourth division, but probably just lacking that little bit of something to keep them in the Premier League division for three, four, five seasons. Yeah, well, as always, if if they went up one season and they didn't get a couple of players taken off them, they might perform a little higher than they do, but they get picked off, and that's just the way it is, and that's their their that's, model. That's, so yeah. That, that, yeah. That's just the way it is. Okay, listen, we'll talk about um, the women's national team in a little bit. But Nathan Galway United won the first division. They romped home, absolutely romped home. But the big question, I suppose, is is how are they going to do next year? Uh, What do they need to do to challenge or what are their goals? There's a lot of questions, isn't there? There is, yeah. it was never in doubt, really, was it? The pure dominance from from start to finish, and it's the fun and win over Kerry. Kerry, got to say, Kerry City again had to stop myself there. I'm learning what we five games left into the season. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be smashed by next year, I'm telling you. Uh, but yeah, being Kerry four nil, uh, and even with that, that was great. That through the media were showing uh, St. Pat's against Dundalk, but the Inter spirits. Uh, some footage from that game that was brilliant for Galway brilliant for Kerry as well to, oh. to get that bit of uh, national exposure on a on a major platform and actually Virgin have been brilliant from what they've done with the League of Ireland to, to what the back end of the season so interesting though because we maybe we'll just quickly talk about that then and we'll go back into Galway but they have said oh, question then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they have said that this is a tester and if they don't get the numbers of people who are watching that's it. It's as simple as that. Understandable, isn't it? They, yeah. they don't want to be pumping so much money into something that, that's not going to be a draw. But I really hope it is because it's such a professional setup that you have uh, with the pundits before the game, pundits after the game. There's been a PLC gone into it, isn't there? Where sometimes you feel from an RTE point of view, it's just quick little five minutes before the game starts. Here's your teams uh, into the game, and okay, that's your lot, folks. Yeah, come on, God bless. Where you don't really get that with with the media, and you're hoping that the viewer figures are there to keep it going. I think regardless, even if we're blessed and we all want an exclusive television deal, whether that be with RT or Virgin Media, you do hope LOI TV sticks around because it is a great service to have, especially for for fans that are living abroad and may not have access to RT player, Virgin Media player. So it'd be nice to see LOI TV remain intact. But again, with with tweaks and improvements because I think we both watch a few four seven games this season Roy and that's again not really can't watch them with the, uh, can't, can't watch no, them with, 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 with the camera them cameras are them. absolutely brutal they might as well not I, I've tried I, I, I don't have vertigo but I'd get it if I was watching it you know it's just yeah. it's brutal yeah no I, I can't watch that so and, and I really wanted to watch some of Kerry's games and I did watch some of them and I had to force myself I think the worst for some reason is Treaty United's they're all over the shop I have no idea why but they really need to, to change things around there okay let's get back to Galway how well, does Galway anyway how are they going to get on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> next year uh, so I think regarding any club that's coming up Brian it's very basic to say stay in, stay in the league stay in the league next year I think we've got we've got probably ran away with some clubs over the past couple of years. Um, Shelbourne, I think when he came up with Ian Morris, uh, they had a good squad there. They think, oh, they could finish now mid-table and they didn't. They, they got relegated but then came straight back up. You're looking at Cork City even this, uh, with the season they haven't here. You had a couple of people, oh, again, they could finish mid-table and then push on to Europe next couple of seasons but ultimately they, they are struggling and they're looking very lightly they're going to finish in that ninth place. Is it different uh, though, Nathan? 
it feels I different. I think I still think anyone that, that comes up that should just be that ultimate goal. The only thing again, it, it, it's what they have there, isn't it? They have John Caulfield, who credit him, honestly credit him. He said it so many times. This was his season to stick or twist. Never, never. We don't do an area out the door, and he's done it in spades. He's got someone like Ollie Horgan in. He, I'm sure, it's been brilliant for him behind the scenes. I was wondering how then they would work out with the partnership, but the proof's in the pudding, isn't it? They've been absolutely excellent together this year. Yeah. Um, they're going to need player investment. Of course, yeah. Any player, any club that comes up to the Premier Division force been going to need that. But look at some of the lads they have here. We have someone in there, David Horley, has been excellent this season. 21 goals. He would be the top goal scorer there of the Force Division if it wasn't for Owen and Cockling. He was just scoring for fun. You have Stephen Walsh as well, getting 13 goals. So Stephen getting on a little bit now. Um, but the likes of Ed McCarthy, he's 22. Rob Schle- uh, Schleven is 25. Uh, Vincent Borden in the mid prepare he's 24 so you have a lot of lads coming into the formative careers that will be there next year and will be a vital part you also have Brendan Clark and Goal and Conor McCormick again both lads that are getting on in their footballing careers but you'd be mad to not keep them around the club for the fourth year in the Premier Division these are lads that know the Premier Division these are the lads that have been successful in that division and have won silver in, in that division but because you need that player investment that's going to be an option. That's on the table for Galway, you know, because of the ownership that he have, that's willing to come in and to back them. And I think that's probably been a little bit of a criticism with Cork City this season, is that uh, the new ownership has come in and probably lacked that little bit of instant investment in the squad. And I just, I, I can't see Galway worrying about that too much. Uh, no, I think, the they, I think they're, they're going to be well backed, uh, whether it's, yeah. you know, responsible backing, but it'll be, they'll be well, very well backed. I do think there is something a little different though, Nate. And you look at some of the results in the Cup, it'd be interesting to see how they, they fare out in the rest of uh, this Cup run, the FAI Cup run. But there is, and when I watch them, there's a lot of talent in that team. I, 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 I have a feeling that they could slot in comfortably into that Premier Division. I'm not saying they're going to go and win the league. I'm not saying they're even going to get into Europe. But looking at them, and if they can add a little bit to that team... I do think that they could be not far off those European spots. And that's saying a lot for the team that we don't even know who, what it's going to be like. It's just there's something there's something about that side that is strong. It's a stronger basis than a UCD who, who come up kind of thing. Yeah, it is that, isn't it? And do you know what? I, and even, even though Galway have walked away with this league, it's a, it's a fun run-in. We're looking at a really interesting run-in here for the playoffs. Waterford are confirmed. They've been conf- again. If it wasn't for Galway being so good, they probably wouldn't have won the league. They've been really, really impressive with Waterford this season. Cole Rambler was having the season of their lives at the finishing uh, torch, and they now have the playoffs confirmed. So what a job Shane Keegan has done there! And behind them, we get your Wexford, uh, Wexford at Lawn are in the current player positions. Look, you can even say Longford and Treaty are still in the race too. But I think if you do look at you know whether that be a Cole Rambler or Wexford or at Lawn come up. They just they don't have that foundation that Galway have. Like Galway look like a team that can come up and stay in the league for the next couple of years, and that's what you want. You want these full time structures coming into the in, into the top tier and driving and ultimately pushing the league on and, and making the standard better and making the accessibility for players with long term contracts and managers with long term contracts, making this a regular team from the top play, uh, from number one in the Premier Division down to the bottom place because. That's only how we're going to professionalise the system a lot more. And 
again, I, I don't want to be harping on about them. I think I'd be boldly delighted to slide over over the past couple of weeks. You would be worried with Galway now coming up and with potentially Waterford coming up to another full-time team. It's it's going to get crowded up there with a lot of clubs that have investors that are willing to put in the money and are willing to approve these squads to make sure that teams can thrive and ultimately try to push on to Europe and Silver. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, listen, we're going to move on from Galway because mm-hmm. we'll we'll know a lot more about them when that cup run comes to an end. Um, the women's national mm-hmm. team, the girls in green, they have beaten Hungary 4-0 tonight. That's seven goals in two games and also not conceded a goal in their Nations League campaign. Um, and there were some really, really good goals too. Yeah, a uh, period of stats, Roy, isn't it? And a start, I think, think they need it. There was a lot of, um, a lot of things said on, on the build-up, following the World Cup and on the build-up to the Nations League. But you know what, we're just going to leave that. We've talked about it a lot if anyone wants to go back and listen. Um, and so I haven't really carried much favour with the with the viewing public, and which is a shame, which is just, just something that shouldn't be talked about coming out of the World Cup. But I have to say, it was that the game in the Aviva Stadium on Saturday Royce when they beat Northern Northern 3-0. Uh, first 25 minutes was woeful and they're sort of looking around thinking okay so after all, all of the talk of Vera Plough stifling the side and holding the back ultimately nothing has changed thankfully that turned around in spades in the second half you're much better going forward they were uh, getting the wing backs involved a lot more it was, it was very stark in the first half that changed he had, it was a Kate McCabe sort of operated even though she's ultimately a winner she operated in a lot more of a free roaming uh, sort of dipped into number 10 a lot too uh, in the second half, which which really came to fruition, uh, scoring two goals in the second half. So they look like a much better side. Seeing a little bit of the game this evening, trying to balance that with walk and getting ready for the show and stuff, but they'd be absolutely delighted. Um, and Lucy Quinn, probably the name of the weekend, she got the first goal for the women's side in the Aviva Stadium on around the half an hour mark. And I think that's one of the goals we're talking about, Roy, one of the good goals because it was an absolutely sweet hit from about 24 yards out. So, what a moment for her and what a start for Eileen Gleeson. Uh, two games down, as I said, seven goals, uh, two clean sheets. What more can you ask for? Can't ask for any more than that, Nathan. You absolutely can't. Um, a great start and we'll see how they uh, how they do in the Nations League. It'll be interesting to see how that all develops. It's great to see an Irish team actually winning and uh Rimming with confidence, which is absolutely brilliant. Uh, we're going to leave it there, Nathan, because we're running over time. Thanks very much, as always. Talk to you next week. Goodbye.